Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Your lives are valuable. Your lives are precious. And, and Jesus showed up and told the Pharisees, he's like, you guys are more guilty of murder than anybody else because you hate so many people. You're guilty of adul uh, or adultery. Well, we've never been with anybody other than our, our spouses. Yeah, but you lust in your heart, so that makes you guilty of it. See, they never thought about these things in those terms, but that was always the intent from God. And he's like, it's not, a, it's not the physical thing, it's what's happening internally inside of you. That's kind of what matters. Your life has value. Many people in the world doubt the value of their own life. They might go on and on about the value of a friend's life or a family member, but when it comes to their own, they're silent. Today, Pastor James will remind you that your life has value simply because you're made in the image of God and because your Creator loves you deeply. Your life is invaluable because of the incredible things that you can do or the loving relationships that you have. You're valuable because you're a child of God. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Galatians chapter 3 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. down there's over 300 different like interpretations of what this verse means which is insane for one verse okay basically and that's why I appreciate the New Living Translation because it really just boils it down because I don't know if you're reading yours and you're like why well, I don't it's, it's simply this um, look God instituted the law when he delivered the law he gave it to Moses and you know Mount Sinai and all that good stuff there was the you know Moses was like the mediator between God and the nation of Israel but before that, concerning this promise, it was just God and Abraham. That was it. There's no, it was just God and Abraham. He's like, look, Abraham, here's the deal. Um, you're, the Messiah is going to come through your family. I'm going to make a great nation out of you guys. Uh, but the, the promised one is going to come out of your family. And your family will be, and, and your family and this promise will be a blessing to all nations. All right. And they, they so to speak, they, they shook on it by way of Abraham walking through a bunch of, you know, Animals that were split in half, okay? So that was, the covenant was, it was signed, sealed. I mean, there's no breaking this thing. And that was, that was between God and his friend Abraham. So why the law then? Well, the law is simply just to show us that, well, we're sinners. We're sinners. We need a Savior. From the very beginning, it was, it was there to... Now, there were, there were aspects of the law, in case you don't understand the Old Testament... Um, the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land. And there were people occupying the promised land, uh, living their lives in such a way that was unhealthy, number one, okay, um, harmful to humanity, the other side of that. Uh, and, and so part of the, even the laws and stuff, it was there as a, it was a benefit to the nation of Israel. They're going into this promised land, and God's like, look, you can't live like these guys. Okay, because even if these guys keep living the way they are, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. They're killing each other. They're killing their babies. They're doing their, you know, they're doing all this stuff, and it's just detrimental to society itself. So God throws out these laws for part of the laws are really to show Israel how to like how to live in one sense, but then also how to live with each other, 
You, you shouldn't be killing each other. Murder is bad. Murder is wrong. Murder is wrong. Murder is always wrong. Um, you shouldn't covet. You should have no other gods before me. Meaning God should be the, when it comes to that, God is on the, he's on the pedestal. He's on, he's number one, numero uno, right? None, no, no one else other than him. And the, those lists, I mean, everything that was there was to benefit the individual, but then also to benefit the, the individual's neighbor, right? And so if everybody's doing this stuff, quote unquote, then they would be okay, so to speak. Um, now, again, the law, it, it, its intent was not to, it's not so much to get them to heaven. It's just to show them like, look, you know, I'm going to throw out all this stuff, um, but you guys aren't going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to do it. You won't keep, you're not going to keep any of it. Jesus showed up on the scene and, and he communicated to the Pharisees. He's like, look, you guys don't even understand what you think you're living. Because you say it's wrong to murder and you guys all think you're, you're not guilty of murder. But when you hate somebody in your heart, then you, you, you've murdered them. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Hatred towards a, another human being, it, it's, it is murder. And just so we understand that that's a tremendous sin against God. I hope we understand, it, especially in light of our even recent news. I mean, a young man got murdered, hunted, technically was hunted down. So what's the big deal about it? This is a guy who's made in the image of God. So when we hunt down other human beings, especially if it's based on skin color, if we murder people, and regardless of Regardless, if we're willing to murder people, that's a direct sin against God because human beings are created in the image of God. That's an assault on God. I hope we understand that what murder is because I think sometimes we just, we hear it so much and it's sad, it's tragic. And sometimes we could be, we become so dull and so numb to these things like, oh, another person got murdered in Houston. Oh, another person. No, no, no. This is, these are attacks against God himself because humanity, you and I, Regardless of ethnicity or any of that stuff, we're made in the image of God. That's why everybody matters. Your lives are valuable. Your lives are precious. And, and Jesus showed up and told the Pharisees, he's like, you guys are more guilty of murder than anybody else because you hate so many people. You're guilty of adul uh, or adultery. Well, we've never been with anybody other than our, our spouses. Yeah, but you lust in your heart, so that makes you guilty of it. See, they never thought about these things in those terms, but that was always the intent from God. And he's like, it's not, a, it's not the physical thing. It's what's happening internally inside of you. That's kind of what matters. And you might be thinking you're doing a good job, but internally, you're failing miserably. So the law is just, it's there to, to, to reveal to us that, man, you, you, just, you just don't got it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who realize you are spiritually bankrupt apart from Jesus. You don't, you're, you're bankrupt. You got nothing. You got nothing. Well, I've been to church every single Sunday. Well, okay, cool. Doesn't mean anything. Sweet. That doesn't get you anything. Apart from Jesus, we're spiritually bankrupt people, meaning we need Jesus each and every day, each and every moment of each and every day. The law just comes alongside as it's going to be likened here to a, to a tutor, it's going to just point us to Jesus saying, look, you're, you're busted. You, you, you got nothing. You got nothing. Here's the good news. The one who satisfied the law has freely offered this, this tremendous gift to you. No strings attached. 
Place your faith in him. Just follow him. Give your life to him. And there you go. Live free. Set free, live free, right? So that's why the law was given. It's to expose people of the fact that we're all sinners. I, I appreciate, you know, uh, Ray Comfort and Kurt Cameron, guys like that, uh, Living Waters Ministries. A lot of times when they're sharing the gospel out with people, they, they'll use the Ten Commandments. Why? Because they just want to simply show that, look, if, it's, if you get into heaven, which a lot of people think they're going to heaven, if you just simply go through the Ten Commandments, like, well, I mean, have you ever stolen anything? Well, yeah. I mean, everybody's stolen something, I'm sure. You know, I'm kind of guilty of it. I know I'm guilty of it. Um, my, my kids are always discovering just about how bad of a sinner I was. Um, always. But, okay, well, then, then you've broken the law. And if the standard is you break one of these things, you can't go to heaven, well, then what are you going to do with that? Have you ever lied before? Well, of course. We, you have to lie. Right? Like, you have to lie. That's kind of how we're conditioned. You have to lie. Well, okay, but it says you, you, you can't lie. Have you ever murdered anybody? Well, of course not. I've never murdered anybody. Well, you've hated somebody? Well, yeah, guilty. So what are you going to do with that? So based off of this, you know, they always go through the thing. You're a lying, thieving, murderer, you know, like, and you stand before God. Well, what's he going to Based on, you know, your, your performance, what's he going to say? Well, you can't come in. But here's a lying, thieving murderer who will stand before Jesus, and he's going to say, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Well done. Well done, good and faithful. Sir. Get in here. Like, give me a hug, right? No worries about COVID, none of that stuff. Let's embrace. Let's hug. It's going to heaven. Just one more reason to appreciate heaven, right? This virus has shown us so many reasons to appreciate heaven. Um, it's because it's based on what he has done for us. He satisfied the demands of the law. He died on the cross for us. He was hung on that tree for us. That's, that's what it comes down to. Your freedom comes through that one act of Jesus. Your freedom from the law, your freedom from sin. If sin's got you beat down, you, need to, you just need to turn back to Jesus. It's as simple as that. If legalism has you beat down, you need to turn back to Jesus. Uh, whatever, it, if, if something in this life has you under its control, you, just, you simply need to just turn back to Jesus. And, and I can communicate to, communicate to you with 100% confidence that he's standing there just waiting for you to embrace you. You're like, but what's he going to think? No, 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 he already knows. He already knows. But I, I, it's too far. I've gone too far. No, you haven't. You haven't. There's, there's no such thing as too far when it comes to turning back to Jesus. There's no such thing. He says, we, we have this opportunity to live as free people within this life. It doesn't mean you'll never sin. That's not what it's talking about. But you don't have to be controlled by sin. It's no longer your master. That's part of that surrendering to Jesus is you, have, you serve a new master. The text goes on to say, I'll pick up in verse 31 there. It says, is there a conflict then between God's law and, and his promise? Of course not. Of course not. Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But it can't, and we can't, so it's just not going to happen. It says, but the scriptures declare that we, we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus. There you go. You want freedom? You want to be set free? Trust Jesus. 
Surrender to Jesus. That's it. But practically, what does that mean for me? Well, that means welcome to the fight and just keep fighting. Not in your own strength, but the spirit who lives inside of you. Well, you need to just let that spirit fight for you. Okay? So that's the thing. I can't, you know, I I know sometimes I'm one of those guys who's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But give me some practical things. Like, what do I do? Well, read your Bible every day. Read your Bible. Like, start there. Not because you have to, but because you want to. Read your Bible. Pray. Pray all the time. All the time. I don't know how to pray. Do you know how to talk? Yes. We all know how to talk. And it's choppy at times thanks to text messaging, right? But you can even use text speak when you're talking to God. He gets it. He's very smart. I, I, know, I hope you know that. God is the absolute most brilliant thing in in this entire realm, okay? There's nobody smarter than God. So he understands. He doesn't need an eloquent prayer. He doesn't need a King James prayer. He doesn't need the these and the thous. He's not looking for that. All he's looking for is, hey, God, um, man, I, I need you. I need you. I can't do this. I can't do this. Lord, you say I have victory over sin, but this one thing keeps getting me each and every day. He's just waiting for you to own up to that and say, Lord, I I can't do this. And he's like, cool, you're exactly where I want you to be. Now let me come into your life and let me show you what victory looks like. Is it in in an instant? Sometimes, but not all the time. Is it a part of a process that we call sanctification? More than likely. It's a journey. It's a journey. So don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, I think that's a good word for us too, uh, especially as Christians. We like to beat ourselves up because you're not getting it right. Well, okay, but are you fighting? Tell me you haven't surrendered to sin. Tell me, just because you keep losing, just because you keep striking out, so to speak, tell me you're still stepping up to the plate. You still got to step up to the plate. You can't, it's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon to quit. And you never know when that, that breakthrough is going to be. Now, I, I always tell people, I, living a Christian life, I, I never know if I'm, on a, if I'm on the verge of a breakdown or a breakthrough. You know, I mean, that's just, that's how I would summarize my life. Like, I don't know. I'm either going to just fall apart or God's going to just, he's got something that's just incredible on the horizon. I don't know. I don't know. But that's just sometimes how it feels for me. But I know this. We can trust in him. We don't have to fight in our own strength. He will fight for us. You just gotta, you just gotta trust him. You gotta trust him. The last part of this section, these last few verses here, says this, before, before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under the guard of the law. It was like our tutor. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed, right? It was leading us and guiding us. It was teaching us. He goes on to say, let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith, right? Revealing the fact that, look, you're a sinner. Here's Jesus, the Savior of of your sins. Now just follow him. It handed you off. It handed us off, so to speak, to Jesus. That's all it's meant to do. It says, now that way of faith has come, we we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Children of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. That's it. 
And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. So there's a word there for, for baptism. And just so we, we understand how that works, baptism, it's just a public proclamation. Romans uh, talks about it to the extent of like it's the old you going down, being buried, and then the new you raising to new life in Christ Jesus, clothed in his righteousness. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a tremendous thing, and it's a great witness as well. And Paul's just letting to know, he's like, look, you're his child if your faith is in Jesus. There you go. This is all who have been united with Christ in baptism and baptized into the body uh, have been have put on Christ, like put on new clothes. So there, there is another element to that baptism that uh, he's referencing as well, being as far as being baptized into the body of Christ, okay? So not just water baptism, but in, in the sense of like you're now part of the body kind of a deal. Verse 28, there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Well, that's a pretty important statement. Um, there's, there must be a reason why that verse is highlighted in my Bible. And it, it's very significant. It was significant back in this day when this letter was written, and you have about 6 million Jews in the Roman Empire. Or, I'm sorry, 6 million slaves in the Roman Empire. Right? So some of the audience who's hearing this letter, they're, they're slaves, and Paul comes in with this great proclamation and says, look, in Christ, you're all the same. You're all the same. There's, not, there's no freed individual. There's no slave. There's no, it's not male. It's not female. It's not American and African and all that other nonsense. It's none of that stuff. It's one in Christ. One in Christ. Let's burn that into our hearts as we live in this great country of America. I got no, I mean, come on. It's a great, it's a beautiful country. Tremendous freedoms that have been allowed to us. But you need to understand this. This is kind of like one of my passions. If you're a believer, you're not an American. You're a Christian. Don't get that twisted. You're a Christian. Your citizenship is not here. Now, be a good American. You know, love your neighbors. Love God. Love your neighbors, be, be helpful, be, be, you know, do all that stuff. But you're a Christian, and I think we've forgotten that at times. We sometimes place our nationality above our true citizenship, which is in heaven. So I want to encourage you with that, and I want to maybe challenge you with that a little bit too. You're a Christian first. You're a Christian first. I love this country. I do. I love the democratic process. We get to vote. That's awesome. But I'm not an American. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I've been blessed to live here in this country. This is not my home. This is not my home. My home is, is in heaven. When you get to heaven, spoiler alert, when you walk through those pearly gates, if that's a, you know, we get references to that. And St. Peter's there, as some people believe, right? You're, you're not going to ask the question, so where do the Americans go? So in heaven, where's Americans at? Where are the people who only speak English? Because I, you know, where, so where do we sit? And he's like, what are you talking about? You see all these people? Brothers and sisters in the Lord. Brothers and sisters in the Lord. You're a citizen of heaven. A citizen of heaven. There's no longer Jew. There's no longer Gentile. A new race has been created, and it's called Christian. It's called a Christian. And that race, quote-unquote, 
can look like anything, and it does look like everything. Black skin, dark skin, olive skin, white skin. Then none of that stuff matters. None of it matters. Oh, man, this is it. None of it matters. Male, female, brothers and sisters in the Lord. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Let's, hey, if the church can get anything right, can we get that right? Can we just work on getting that thing right? There you go, an amen in the back. If she had a horn, she'd be honking it, right? Okay, um, listen, I'm just saying, we got to eliminate some of these barriers. And it's, it really is the church's responsibility because the church will be held accountable by Jesus if we allow barriers. And if we, have, if we have an opportunity to break down barriers and we don't do it, the church will answer for that. And we will. Because we have this beautiful gospel message that says, you know what? In Christ, there are no barriers. So why did you allow them to continue? Why did you put them up? Good warning. Good, uh, good little heads up for us, for myself, because I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it too. Verse 29. And now you, that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. There you go. So as a Christian, there's this, uh, this false idea that, okay, so as a Christian, well, now I technically need to become a Jew in order to be a part of the inheritance, a part of the, no, that's, that's a lie. That's a false thing that's out there. That's a false thing. We've, I've known people who've gone from like worshiping in the church and all that stuff. I'm a Christian, all this stuff. And then they, they hear this and now they've like left the church and they want to become Jews. And it's like, well, that's not who you are. And, and that doesn't make, and if you can't read the previous verse where it says there's no Jew and there's no Gentile. So what are we doing? Don't lose your minds. Don't let anybody bewitch you, deceive you. Don't let that snake slither into your life and hypnotize you, making you think that, well, it's this plus this. It's just Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today, your new life is totally dependent upon Jesus and his sacrifice period. You don't have to be a super Christian or anything like that. You just need to be a Christian. Just be a Christian who's fully surrendered to Jesus. Open up the word of God, read this thing, pray this thing, and then live this thing out. The greatest disconnect is when we hear it and we never live it. That doesn't do you any favors, and it certainly doesn't do your family or your friends any, any favors as well. Christians who only consume and never put into practice what they consume, you're, what, are you, what are we doing? We're wasting our time. That's not a good witness. So like Paul would to the Church of Galatia or the region, the churches in the region of Galatia, I'm, I'm sharing the same thing with you guys. Listen, your Christians live as Christians. And Christians were meant to live free. You're meant to live free. So every day, Surrender to Jesus, say, Jesus, um, I can't do this today without you. I got no freedom apart from you. I'm just going to blow it. I'm just going to ruin I'm going to blow it. And so I need you, Holy Spirit, I need you to empower me today to, to live as you intended me to live and to be a witness for you. Because without him, you ain't got it. You ain't got it, okay? So that's my encouragement for us. Listen, you've been set free by Jesus. Stay free in Jesus and just rely on the Holy Spirit to be that power that you need to, to live as free people. The world around us needs this desperately. 
desperately. That's all we have time for today on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has more to share from this study in the book of Galatians, so be sure to join him next time. Just because our time with you is over for today, though, it doesn't mean that you have to stop studying God's Word. We encourage you to pick up your own Bible and dive in wherever God leads you. Each page you read will be life-giving and reveal new things about your Creator. If you ever have any questions or would like to request prayer, please connect with us. You can visit breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. We have a form there that you can fill out and submit, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We love hearing from our listeners. Are you in the Galveston area? If so, come join us to worship and study the Bible. Calvary Galveston meets each Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And you can get all the information you need at breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the About tab. If you aren't in the area or you're just not able to be with us in person during this season, that's okay. We're streaming live on Facebook. Just search for Calvary Galveston, or you can head to our church webpage to connect. Before we officially close our time with you today, we'd like to invite you to be a part of what we're doing. Would you prayerfully consider supporting the ministry of Bread for the Broken financially? All amounts given are appreciated, and you can donate securely through our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for supporting us, and thanks for tuning in to Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man, the one love that and give me.